you go and then I'll do another uninformed prediction. Okay. Love uninformed predictions. April 5th. We're running very late this evening, so we're going (laughs) to jump right into what we actually want to talk about. Maybe this will be, maybe this will be the new way we do it. Tanya. Well, okay. Well, there's one headline today, big Mm -hmm. headline, which is that Boris Johnson was taken to hospital today, Mm -hmm. quote unquote, as a precaution. Mm Mm-hmm. But he's the first world leader that I'm aware of that's been hospitalized. There but was I haven't really been paying that much attention. I think there was some in Iran. Some high up people in Iran had it, but yeah, mm. didn't hear much about it. His pregnant wife, 31-year-old pregnant wife, also has it. That's she scary. She's on the mend, apparently. Okay. Do you want to start with? Uh, sure. Talk about the um, one thing to touch on, masks, someone we know, Manjeet is a pharmacist you know i think this is a important thing to keep in mind whenever people try something new like use masks so this is around mask use she know she's noted in the real world when you wear someone wears a mask they tend to kind of forget about the need or or don't value the need to keep space between people as much and so there's all these you know you can never predict all the unintended consequences of things Mm -hmm. and it's an important thing to just always keep in mind like none of these things are cut and dry i read a great thread on twitter today about masks by Mm -hmm. craig spencer who was the doctor who's been kind of Mm -hmm. sharing what his days are like in Mm -hmm. new york Mm -hmm. um he did a great thread on masks and he must have said at least six times in the thread that masks do not replace social distancing yeah Social distancing is better than a mask. Yeah. By far. Yeah. Social distancing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, is this an example of what everyone is worried about? Maybe. It also takes people some time to get their heads around these kinds of ideas. Like, people didn't like Mm -hmm. seatbelts when they were first... put it into cars and... But also, people aren't used to thinking about where the virus is... Yeah. So we <laughs> we had a moment today in our family in our backyard where we realized that I was doing something really stupid. Well, not really. <laughs> Do you remember? It's not that stupid. Well, I, think I, I was know what you mean. blowing bubbles. Yeah, yeah. And they were just the wind was just picking them up and taking them all over the neighborhood, and it's like those are just little packets of virus not virus Possibly. but your air like your your my air if air I that came from your lungs assuming that i w- had covid19 which is how we're supposed to e- act yeah, right yeah, 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 act yeah, like yeah. you're infected so as not to infect others yeah so now that may not be true because technically bubbles are soap it might destroy so it. it might destroy the virus but it just seemed like it not a good idea to be making little packets of my air and sending them over the neighborhood so I stopped doing that. And then on Twitter, I saw this video from I don't know where in the world, but mm-hmm. in an area where people were um, sheltering in place, staying mm-hmm. at home. And somebody was like shouting down to their to the neighbor <coughs> below them. Right. And like, I think the the gimmick in the video is she was trying to pour wine into her neighbor's glass uh, <laughs> in the floor below. <laughs> but I was just thinking like, if you're talking to someone below you, it doesn't matter if you're two 
yeah. meters away because every droplet that's coming out of your mouth is going directly to them. It's yeah. falling directly down to them. Yeah. Like the two meters also made me feel silly. Some like feel silly. Like no one, if you're like back to back with someone, you're not, you're not exchanging the same air. Mm -hmm. Like you're, it's, yeah. it's in front of you. You probably need two meters and like, yeah. you know, depending on which way the wind is blowing, if you're outside and so on, but mm -hmm. it's true. And if you're below someone for sure, for sure, yeah. you're getting all their stuff. But I think we're at the stage right now where people are just following rules, yeah. but not really thinking about how to, how to stop transmission. It's hard. It is hard, but I mean, I think we just have to all yes. kind of work on it. And maybe not blow bubbles. I don't know. But then there's soap. I, I uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> blow bubbles. We're trying to fix our bubble machine. Yeah. Good. For bubbles, Caden loves bubbles. Okay. So one thing that I saw, the first thing I saw this morning, is was some data, some mm -hmm. really um, dramatic graphs mm -hmm. from a website which is kind of too long to share but Tillich said he'll post it in the descriptions sure. but it's called epi forecasts by the cmmid repository anyways they made these graphs mm -hmm. for every country that are a graph of the cases and then also superimposed a graph for the estimated date of infection. And so you look at the familiar curve that we're used to seeing, mm -hmm. but previous to the curve, you see this like wave of the estimated infection time. Mm. And it's just so uh, painful to see like how much spread there was is that what you mean like how the early spread. like even though whoa like the spread that must have happened the spread that must have happened when we weren't when we were not aware of it yeah when everyone was like oh we don't have community spread yet so this is all all of these curvy lines are predictions like that's, that's estimations based on this right like these, these are real bars numbers these bars are the actual real numbers. Measured things, yeah. And then this wave the before wave. it is the estimated infection with air bars. Yeah. And so, like, you can see that in Canada, Risky. like, it really started picking up, like, May 9th. March 9th. March 9th, I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was, like... But even as of March A two. solid six days before... Number is that? That's yeah, March second. This is five hundred mm -hmm. daily cases in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Like wow. we had a bunch of cases by March second. By March ninth, we had a couple hundred cases, and and these are just like confirmed cases, right? These are just the confirmed cases. Those are confirmed cases. Mm -hmm. How can they have confirmed? This these are okay. The the bars here are our confirmed cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're estimating the date that oh, based each of on those symptoms. people were oh, okay. infected. Got yeah, it, got based it. Based on symptoms and graphing that. Got it. So those are still only the confirmed cases. Got it. Okay, okay. So, I mean, we, kn we knew this. We've talked about the delay in testing on this podcast many, many times, mm -hmm. but to just see it mm -hmm. so bluntly 
and for every single country. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the yeah. So then, it's, it's just a reminder that we really need to. We really need to remind ourselves that the numbers coming out are a two weeks in the past and b a vast underestimation of cases. Yeah. David Fisman, this podcast, we should just rename this podcast. The David Fisman the podcast. The David Fisman, <laughs> regurgitating what yeah. David Fisman says on Twitter podcast. Yeah. Um, but he esti- is estimating that we're missing 95% of cases. Yeah. I saw one of his threads today where he said, is that based on the 10% no. accurate, uh, 10% positive rate? It's not no. based on that, but that was another thing I was going to talk about. Go we ahead. can talk about it. Well, okay. So, the, yeah, I mean, the thing that I read he was saying is that, so right now our, yeah, positive, the the num- of the, all the tests that are being run, 10% of them are coming up positive. That does Yeah, now. Now. Mm-hmm. That does not mean that 10% of the population has it. It just is incredibly biased because of the type of people we are testing. We're testing more healthcare workers and people who already have symptoms or are in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And that's a sign, though, that you're not testing enough. The higher yeah. that number is, because we expect the real rate to be far. In most countries that test more, you see it's far lower. Yeah, it has to be under 1% it, of the population. Right. So <coughs> so that is a strong, strong indicator that we're not testing enough. We're not we're casting the net wide enough. We're only looking where you already expect to find it and you're yeah. missing all the places that it probably is and you're never... So we're missing... So there's probably pockets of spread happening places where yeah. no one is even aware of it because we're not mm-hmm. casting. Do you have a monitor for Caden? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So... And I guess the in today's news on numbers are not correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the only other thing I'll add to that, in mm. that thread that I was reading by him, he was talking about how, or someone else commented that it looks like, like despite all the talk about tests, r- testing rates ramping up, the number of tests Ontario can do ramping up, for some reason it looks like the amount of tests they're doing are actually going down now. Maybe now that they've cleared the backlog, they're like... Or maybe because of the reagents. Or something else. There's because something going on. Because we were saying that... People were saying that we were about to run a out of reagents. Worldwide shortage. Yeah. some of the tests. I was, there was a big... A good article in the Star today about the testing backlog and yeah. how it was relieved. And there's a lot of good details in there. Um, one of which is that there's different systems that you can use to process these tests and they all use different reagents mm-hmm. and so you can switch. apparently like the Roche one the reagents are running r- are in high demand around the globe mm-hmm. it's a very popular mm-hmm. system and so that if that if you can't get the reagents for that machine yeah then you can't run the tests on that machine yes I see and you can only so you can be all set up ready ones. to go you can be all set up ready to go have everything in place but yeah. if you don't have the chemicals it just, I mean, I think what I was hoping for was once this, you know, we ramped up, we can now do it. I think it's, I think we have the capability in theory of doing like 10,000 tests a day. They're ramping that up to like 19 or 20,000 tests a day in Ontario, which is mm-hmm. fantastic, mm-hmm. except we're not actually doing it. Like we haven't, it sounds like mm-hmm. something either is there's a reagent issue or 
they just haven't changed the protocols because they've sti they're still like running under the past model of you know we're worried about testing how much testing capacity we have and so we're only testing the most important people and like they've kept like they they haven't necessarily opened up the testing but, like, to do why would they do that well that's the obvious question that someone needs to ask at the next press conference hopefully that gets someone asked that question yeah. Like that, we should be ramping up testing based yeah. like to the capacity no, I mean that they we keep have. Saying that's what they're gonna do. Yeah, but then not doing it so far. But they're not doing it. We'll see. Oh, I did have one more point on the. Our numbers are not right, but people treat them like they're right. Hmm. Which was in CBC had an article about how all the politicians are all lovey-dovey and working so well together mm -hmm. across like um federal provincial like i guess justin trudeau had a meeting with all the premiers recently and everybody was talking about the spirit of camaraderie and everything which is great but then there is a line in there that caught my attention because someone reported that everyone was really giving their sympathies to Quebec for being the center of the outbreak or the epicenter of the outbreak in Canada. And I'm like, excuse me? Quebec is not the epicenter. They, they might have. Ontario is the epicenter. Well, I think they may have more cases. Less, but... This is my point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So people are treating reported cases yes. like that's a number that matters. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, Quebec has, like, I don't... I haven't looked at the numbers because they're meaningless, but, but Quebec is reporting like something. two or 3,000 more cases than Ontario. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's double, it's but not quite. it's okay. a lot more cases. Yeah. But less deaths. But, but less deaths. They yeah. have 30 less deaths, and I didn't yeah. have time to check before we picked up our microphones tonight, but I'm pretty sure they have less hospitalizations, oh, too. Sure. Yeah. They have fewer real cases they're than just, we have. They're just testing their more. ICU, yeah, 2% of their ICU, are of their patients are in ICU, and 6% of our right. confirmed cases are in ICU. Yeah. So we, ha yeah. They're just like, testing way, way more. They're just testing way, way more. Mm -hmm. They're doing a better job of seeing That's their outbreak. But we 100% yeah. have more true cases than them. Mm -hmm. And it's super obvious when you look at deaths or hospitalizations yeah. or our failed testing. Yeah. And so to have like all the premiers <laughs> being like, <laughs> they oh, don't even poor get Quebec. It. They don't even get it. That's that just really. That is crazy. The. The. Other thing linked to that that you that I can post the link for the video from Minute Physics that we talked about a few days ago, the guy who did the actual graphing for that his graphs if you go in he, he does a breakdown of Canada he does all the countries in the world he mm -hmm. does a breakdown for Canada he does a breakdown of all the provinces in Canada now you can see that every province except for Ontario is starting to bend the curve <laughs> pretty clearly. And yeah, Ontario is the only one shooting up like a rocket ship. Did I not bookmark that? So it's uh, it yeah. is for sure. So what I'm trying to say is yeah. Ontario We're in trouble. is the epicenter of this outbreak in Canada. It's gonna yeah. We're in trouble maybe. I mean, the point is that we don't know because any th any action we take will take three weeks to show up. Yeah. Because it's not going to show up in our testing because we're not testing properly. It will show up in hospitalizations. Yeah, which you don't see. So 
in theory, we were talking about, we usually use March 15th as the day that everything shut down. Mm-hmm. But I was looking, whoa, sorry, March 15th, one, two, three, which means that today, or sorry, March 14th, one, two, three, which means that yesterday would be three weeks. Mm-hmm. Which means that now we should start to see ICU numbers uh, have flattened the curve mm-hmm. on ICU numbers. Um, which I don't know if we're seeing. I don't know where good read on that data is. Because again, there's reported, there's confirmed cases in the ICU and there's suspected cases in the ICU. And I don't think we have... But Spisman was saying something or there was in that same thread, someone was saying the numbers of people in ICUs were starting to come down. I think I think they Maybe. were cautiously optimistic. Cautiously optimistic. Very, co- very cautious. So but I feel like last week we said that last week would tell us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like no, it's we more like this week. I mean, that's why I think you saw the I- increased uh, the action Measures. everyone took at the end of yeah. the week last week because we, there was no obvious change. There was change no obvious change. In Ontario. But what I was going to say is that if you look at the um, city, city mapper mobility index, I think it's called, which where they're using cell phone data to like see what percent of people are moving around in cities. Mm-hmm. Toronto didn't really have good social distancing until March 18th. Right. Then we started getting down to like 30% of the the city moving around. Now we're at about 18-ish, 17-ish. We're still not nearly close to like what the really locked down cities are, which is under 10%. Yeah. Like I think Barcelona is at like 2% or something. Like it's just like nobody is leaving their house. Yeah. (coughs) And we're just under... Montreal's at 12, Vancouver's around 15, we're kind of around 17, 18. Right. But yeah, nothing really that looked like good social distancing until March 18th. So it still could be Mm. towards the end of this week before Mm -hmm. we start seeing the fruits of our labor or lack of labor, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I want to touch on 5G again. Oh, God. Because I'm real. The more I like, kind of spend time looking at this, I'm really frightened by like now. There's news reports of people. There's a guy, a train driver who like crap drove the train off the tracks into some building because he was convinced yeah. there was like some nefarious. I don't know some government conspiracy stuff going on around 5G in the building. And in the UK, there was an a report of somebody setting fire yep. to a tower. To a to a tower this is huge this is like i wish there was a way you could test for this because i think this is like another virus right that is out a there spreading that virus. is spreading and it's like it is deeply Should rooted we just summarize just in case people 5g aren't aware of the conspiracy theory. 5g the cellular networks the, the new technology that's been just starting i think the newest phones maybe have this right this capability that I think some people's Wi-Fi actually, like your mom's Wi-Fi has a 5G mm-hmm. mode. It gives higher data rates, but doesn't go as far. So they, I don't know, who, health people are saying there's all these negative health effects from this. And the most recent is uh, this, all the neg- all this stuff we would call COVID-19 related illness 
is due to is really just 5G. Yeah. Technology they causing. They don't believe there's a virus, and it's just. Yeah. It's actually 5G. 5G. And apparently, so all around crazy. the world, in the exact same order that the countries t- are getting s- this epidemic, this pandemic is spreading. That's the order in which the five G systems were turned on, mm-hmm. or something. Is like sure. Whatever. Okay. So, so it's clearly garbage. But I think the problem is there's some really convincing videos out there. A couple of them went viral. There's some guy who's a real doctor, who is one of the spokespeople. I'm convinced he actually is doing this as a snake oil salesman. Like he knows this is garbage but he's got a couple of books that he's written on and he's Mm -hmm. he's part of this he's figured out that if he's from the other world and he's saying this he's actually getting more recognition among the crazy people and anyways i think there's there's a couple of videos that have gone viral and i'm convinced this is this is a big big public health issue and it just makes me so there's on facebook people are starting to go crazy because i have a friend who's putting all this garbage on linking to me and (laughs) stuff. And I'm trying to be, I'm just, I maintain, I keep thinking about this. I'm racking my brain about the right thing to do here. I think just blocking him is the wrong way to go because I think that he'll just end up more in an echo chamber where he doesn't see the alternative views. And so I keep just trying to make obvious comments about why I think this is ridiculous. Every time he posts something, I can't keep up with it because he's, pretty prolific in finding links and giving them to me but mm-hmm. um I, w- I think i'm going to continue doing that but the other thing that just occurred to me today is there's this isn't don quixote have you read don quixote no tilting at windmills right this is the whole thing like he's this guy his knight went out tilting at windmills like seeing an enemy that doesn't exist and like he he like literally tried to attack a windmill because he thought it was like this mm-hmm. enemy that was threatening him and okay. he like got hurt and everything and in the book they talk about you know that somebody comes up and says why did you attack that windmill and then don quixote says something like well the matt i don't know somehow he changed from the evil thing he was into a windmill the evil powers like convert it's like we all have that like that's why that book is is so famous it's like a human it's a piece of human condition uh, the piece Mm -hmm. of the human condition that makes us believe that there are these evil things when we you know whatever I think it's a it's a deep seated human thing and I think it's and that's why it's going viral and I think we we need like us we need a way of like a concerted effort to an antidote to a, that. address it yeah like mm-hmm. I just I think just saying like I see a lot of people just being like just you're stupid like the response is you're stupid you're like just putting people down and not I don't think that's going to work. I don't think that gets people. I think that just turns yeah, people I off. Yeah, I don't think that ever has worked in the history of trying to convince somebody of something. Of something. So I just don't know, but I, d- I don't know. I th- it just feels like it's going to be a bigger and bigger problem yeah. right right now because certainly. people are just, I don't know how big this group is, but they're certainly not social distancing. Like they're not physical distancing. They're not yeah. going to be doing any of this stuff that we need them to do in the next, just right now for this crisis. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's that point. Well, somewhat related to that, hmm. um, two well-known doctors from Toronto wrote an article in Forbes talking about the beware these behavioral changes that could make the coronavirus pandemic worse. Hmm. 
and just three traps that people get themselves into. Hmm. The first one is denial, mm -hmm. which we've talked about at length because it's very obvious when we experience it. Mm -hmm. Well, very obvious in retrospect, mm -hmm. <laughs> not at the time. Mm -hmm. um, the second trap is that you try to control your environment. Mm -hmm. And so you just look for things that you're able to control. And maybe this is part of where that 5G stuff comes mm -hmm. from because mm -hmm. it would be much easier to destroy Mm -hmm. all the 5g towers than it would be than it is to find a vaccine mm -hmm. for this virus mm -hmm. maybe that's part of that and then the third one that was kind of new to me is this um desire for positivity and this desire to to hold on to good news um and i think there's a bit of of denial in that too it's like you you see this piece of good news and you just think that's all there is you just wash your, so you wash your hands of the crisis wash so your we're hands of like the at the slightest crisis. bend in the curve we're gonna yes. be like okay all done move right. on to life so they're saying yeah you can't we can't um take our foot off the gas if we start to flatten the curve we can't abandon efforts we need to keep going until our cases are way way down yeah and they told a story so one of the authors was um uh, a high up doctor during the SARS crisis in Toronto yeah and so he told the story of when the SARS crisis was kind of getting under control and they thought they had it under control and they had this big conference call for all these doctors that were involved and everybody was very excited that it seemed it was finally under control. Mm -hmm. And then one doctor, she was reporting that she had a cluster of cases in her hospital that were not confirmed SARS cases, mm -hmm. but they really needed to be investigated. Mm -hmm. And and he said, like, basically nobody on the call wanted to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wanted to believe it was over. And so they found, I don't know exactly, he didn't describe exactly what happened after that, Um the steps that were were not taken but those patients ended up having SARS and it resulted in an outbreak that people refer to as SARS-2 yeah so I think only the medical community really knows about SARS-2 the public I don't know but there was a second wave but there was a second and wave in in hospitals that was totally avoidable yeah I feel like we're gonna be hyper aware of a second wave coming. I think, I feel like what they're watching for in China mm -hmm. and, and everything, right? If I was to make a, an informed prediction, as I will, that mm -hmm. I would say, uh, I'm I, I don't know what's gonna happen in the fall. I feel like we're gonna get this under control the next month or two over the summer. And, but then every, like this giant shift happens every September, everyone, you know college mm -hmm. university and colleges everyone's flying across the country going yeah. places like can they actually open i don't think they can open universities the way they like the way we yeah. ran them in the I fall like we're gonna it's gonna lead like what university is gonna be want to be the place where they s have another outbreak yeah like what even happens to school like having kids go to school well kids going to school at least doesn't have the aspect of 
travel. Uh, it's at least right? more confined. It's yeah. more local. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that travel is is the scary part to me. Yeah. I, I feel like you're going to... S- I, I get the feeling some universities at least that want to play it safe are going to do something radical in the fall. We shall see. I'm sure they're talking about it. I'm not sure they're talking about it. They're I not really have no idea what they're panicking right now, just trying to finish doing. the year. I think, but yeah. once once that gets sorted out, I think the talk will turn to what happens next year. But okay, can I make another uninformed, or do you want to? Y- okay, you go, and then I'll do another uninformed prediction. Okay, love uninformed mm-hmm. predictions. Yeah. Um. I just realized I have a name here, Vanessa Allen, who I forgot to talk about when I was talking about the testing backlog. So she was featured heavily as kind of um, someone who kind of spearheaded bringing all these various groups together to address this testing backlog at Mm -hmm. the end of February, well before we had a testing backlog, Mm -hmm. well before anyone was really taking this seriously like very seriously Mm -hmm. and so she was on top of it and um david fisman and isaac bogosh and other experts in toronto in this field keep suggesting on twitter that maybe she should be in charge of public health ontario (laughs) she's the chief microbiologist for public health ontario and she was um hired by Dr. Donald Lowe, who was a giant in the SARS crisis. Mm -hmm. He was so renowned for his work in that situation and was revered, and he died a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's kind of like his protege and Mm -hmm. is extremely competent, and I think there's a lot of people that wish she was in charge. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in. W- I'm definitely in a bubble. I think you do far more. Uh, you have far more variety in your Twitter <laughs> feed. But uh, everyone, uh, I keep seeing how everyone in my bubble in Twitter s- seems to want to get the current uh, Ontario Public Health people fired. The the two, Bar- Barbara, yeah, you and they're not Ontario Public Health. Or who who are that's wait the sorry they're the chief, chief minister of health and chief medical assist- officer and chief med- associate yes. chief medical officer yes. right sorry those two mm-hmm. they want to get them off yes I was talking about Ontario Public Health which is um Peter right Donnelly uh, right Donnelly yes 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 they also said he should be fired I think yeah yeah I don't know I don't know enough about those guys. I don't know. I'm just, as I said, this is a podcast regurgitating what <laughs> I see uh, really smart people on Twitter saying. Yes. So you could just turn off this podcast and go read Twitter, but then you have to spend all day doing it, which is what I do. <laughs> so I guess this is more efficient. Yeah. That's everything on my list. Okay. Well, I'll have the, the I think we talked about this prediction already, or we alluded to this where mm-hmm. this this you know we talked about um more you know families or couples without kids will get pregnant over the next little while couples with kids might get divorced (laughs) (laughs) and uh, i mean think about it so that's on the personal side it's like Mm -hmm. accelerating it's like 
accelerating like people that Mm -hmm. were thinking about maybe getting married it's like life is short let's just do it like either you do it or you don't like you break up there's gonna be breakups there's gonna be people just being like i don't want to be stuck with you any longer unless this this is it. although then the reverse is also true because you kind of are stuck with people like it's not a good time to move no no but i think once once we get out of this Mm -hmm. i think i think we're gonna see a whole bunch of like people just I don't know what is it. What's the carpe diem kind of moments, right? Right. Like just let's get on with it. Mm. Seize the day once we are no longer in lockdown, and get married, get breakups, and and I think so personal stuff, and then I think like business side. I bet we see all sorts of you know any businesses that weren't on a solid solid footing, they're just gonna they're just gonna go under and you know the ones that remain standing are going to say or the ones that see opportunities with the new the new economy whatever emerges after this our way of life that will continue beyond this those were very far-reaching predictions yeah yeah casting a wide net yep like we're not doing for testing (laughs) (laughs) just to bring it back okay you got to go to bed I do, but I have a joke. Oh, good. Okay, go. Okay, so this is... A t- I don't know how many of our listeners are our age, but... All of them. If you are a millennial Gen Xer type person, mm-hmm. you may have watched Pinky and the Brain as a child, and th- these are two mice that just try always tried to take over the world. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of every episode... Mm-hmm. Pinky would say, what are we going to do tomorrow, Brain? Mm -hmm. Brain would say, try to take over the world. And so the COVID-19 version of that joke is, what are we going to do tomorrow, Brain? Stay home and try to flatten the curve. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. All right. Bedtime. Good night. Good night.